is something of an expert when it comes to self-confidence and all things mindset. Kat Williams is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, clinical hypnotherapist, and rapid transformational therapist, as well as a strength psychology coach and author. Wow, yes, very, very, very well uh, qualified to be talking on this podcast. She works with people around the world, helping them to overcome underlying blocks to their success, whatever they may be. She's helped me personally in the past, and I am a huge fan, so I am delighted and super excited to hear what nuggets of wisdom she has for us today. So welcome, Kat. Thank you so much. Great to be here. It's so good to have you. So as I say, this is something of your specialist area, shall we say, <laughs> and that sort of self-confidence and self-belief. Have you always had those two things yourself? absolutely not which is you know why it matters to me so what I've come to realize is the number one reason that people don't achieve their potential which is heartbreaking you know I ask everyone listening to think think of a time you've held yourself back think of someone who you can see the potential in that they can't see in themselves it's heartbreaking to sort of feel this frustration in ourselves and to feel this frustration on behalf of others so that's why it's my lifetime's purpose really to say if only we can get out of our own way you know, when I look into this more, we're, we're all the survivors of the survivors of the survivors. We're just a walking miracle to even be here. So there's no way we haven't got what it takes. There's no way that we don't have something amazing to share. So you just want to see people flourish and be happy in a nutshell. Definitely. And I couldn't agree with you more. I think when you think about, and I'm the same as you, you know, having not been confident in myself, it does become when you do get that self-confidence, it does become something of your purpose to help other people because I see it like you see it all the time. And it's interesting, isn't it? You can see it, other things in other people that you can't see in yourself. Mm-hmm. When did you start to feel that self-confidence in yourself? Because you've had quite a varied career and done lots of many, many different things. Yes, I mean, the biggest question, actually, that I was asking myself, kind of exactly that, I thought I'd cracked it, I suppose, you know, we say, you twenty. Know, you achieve the things that you think will give it to you, maybe the, the A-levels, the degree, the profession. And actually, part of my story, as some people might know, is that we're a military family. So the change and the constant sort of uncertainty of that, maybe then realise there's, I can't control things, which is the same as everyone. You know, I realized that surrounding me, my husband was on the front line in this particular time. We were up um, in the highlands of Inverness and everyone around me was facing this same uncertainty, but some military wives were 
or partners were watching the news and, you know, trying to sort of cope with it that way or literally self-medicating. And the others I was looking at going, how are they somehow growing and thriving through this? So it was that experience that led me to realize I don't have the answers and who does, even though I was already a therapist at that point, supporting fellow military families. Um, and that's when I realized it, it obviously comes from within, as we kind of know, and it, it boils down to this kind of self-belief and self-esteem and how you keep that fire kind of stoked and, and burning. I use several metaphors, one of them like a storm lantern, you know, we can't control the storm outside, we can only control the light kind of within that keeps on burning. So it's all about how we recognize that it's there and how we keep it fueled and healthy. And how do you keep it fueled and healthy for you? <laughs> you can ask me that. What are your strategies? Yeah, I'm sure there's many that I'll mention in a minute. You know, how we think is is fundamentally what we'll come to. But something I like to say to people is a little bit sort of less intense maybe from that is three P's of happiness that I came across. So pleasure, purpose and peace. And I think if you're not happy now and not feeling at your best, not feeling bright and shiny, then it is about kind of thinking, what have I got in my life? Have I got enough of things that bring me pleasure? Have I got things that bring me a purpose? And have I got things that bring me peace? And ideally, you're looking for all three at the same time. So mm-hmm. I tell a kind of silly story, but for me, it would be dance. If I'm going to my ballet class or I go to a ballroom dancing class now as well, you know, it's pleasurable, it's purposeful because I'm learning and keeping fit and it's peaceful because I can't think of anything else. I'm <laughs> We're watching the steps. So that would be one example of getting it all together. That's really nice. I like that. And I think you're very mindful probably when you're dancing, aren't you? Not thinking about other things or other people or people's opinions. And yeah. sometimes that has that impact, doesn't it? We quite often talk about those inner gremlins or I call it the inner critic Yes. Do you have can't really that? Be there, otherwise, <laughs> yeah, you, you'll get the steps wrong. And yeah. So you're like, let all that go. <laughs> yeah. Do you still have moments though when when you when that inner critic will creep up on you? Kind of, but I I notice it in terms of so as we'll come to talk about, I'm I'm giving a TEDx soon, and I'm terming that your mind is a stallion learn to ride it. So rather than terming things now in a gremlin kind of way, I do use that language sometimes. What I prefer to think of it is this powerful subconscious mind is your like animal mind and it communicates through emotions. And 95% of our thoughts are subconscious, most of them negative, just to keep us safe. So actually these negative thoughts will always have a negativity bias. And it's actually our animal part, our stallion mind asking the question, you know, can I deal with this? Am I safe? Whatever it is. And so in my analogy that I'll be sharing, people will be able to see it when it's live. You know, I say that we have to, our conscious mind is the horse rider. And as any horse rider will tell you, unless you're giving constant little instructions, the horse will just go its own way and it will lead you out of things like, no, that's not safe. What do you think you're doing? You're not doing it. So we always have to give instructions. So my little technique is, is to be like, what, what question? I'm asking the question, can I cope with it? I need to lead. Absolutely, yes. Because my capacity, our record, all of us, the record for getting through difficult things is 100%. So we always have what it takes. Or we ask for help. That's simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's true, isn't it? I think it's 
it's those whole they those the mind can just take over and yeah i love that analogy or metaphor of a stallion i'm not a horse well, it's, rider it's but job. yeah, yeah. It's, it's job <laughs> yeah. to try and keep us safe but it yeah. means it keeps us stuck not safe because mm. it's always trying to go oh what's this what's going on and as you and i know we want to move ourselves forward we want to kind of develop which means it's a constant thing because that mm. comfort zone is a bad place to be really because that yeah. means you've stopped kind of, yeah we don't want to stop because we're born to thrive I believe yeah. we're born to realize that amazing potential so why stop yeah. you know yeah but it is scary and I think that's the bit that I see you know with you with I with, with me with um the entrepreneurs that I work with as well the mindset of being an entrepreneur you're not in your comfort zone because you've not got that security the way that you have in in other professions I don't think yeah it really is leading yourself I, I noticed I'm sort of through that now having done this quite a few years so I remember feeling a few years ago I don't know about you is you know you get to the end of the week and there's nobody saying well done thank you for working hard you know and on <laughs> Monday this is what I'd like you to do it's kind of <laughs> yeah right <laughs> just me then and then I love the thought as well that some people say I did say this to someone the other week that's become self-employed I said don't be your own worst boss you know don't be that worst boss because now you're your own boss be a good one <laughs> yeah like otherwise what was the point <laughs> that is such good advice I think that was exactly what I went through when I left my career and became my own boss was like I was the horrible boss to myself you know you got to be here you got to do more you got to do this and you're not good enough and yeah but you're right you have to you have to learn to control and manage that 100 percent when you've had any setbacks or things go wrong for you what strategies do you use what what things do you what, what do you employ how do you get through them yeah we've chatted about this haven't we so if I have that feeling of you know what what's just happened here and actually that didn't go as well as I thought and I do feel like that failed I do always try to think imagine this if this has happened for me and not to me what's the lesson in it and my favorite little analogy for resilience I've got my little props here someone said to me once like you know because resilience can be quite a buzzword and people mm. think it's like a tennis ball. You know, we just bounce and we bounce back. Something's yeah. gone wrong and we bounce back. And I don't think that's helpful to think of it like that or realistic because we're not a tennis ball, you know. And so I like to think of a tomato instead because sometimes we will feel utterly splattered. Like, how mm. could that happen for me? That was just awful. And I, you know, I feel like I can't pick myself up off the ground. But actually, when that happens, the seeds have sprouted out. And how we're going to grow from that is, and you and I will know, and everyone listening to this, if you think back to those times that you have felt completely crushed, the seeds of growth came from that. Mm -hmm. I bet they did. Yeah. Even though, and the story I'll, I'm sharing mainly in my TEDx is that my pain has literally turned into my purpose. And, you know, a near-death experience at the age of 10, I realise now is the foundation to what I've built everything on top of. So, of course, I wish that hadn't happened when I was 10. But now I think, well, no, because if that laid the foundation, then what I've mm -hmm. done with that has turned it into something purposeful. Oh, amazing. I do love that whole tomato story. I used it in my book, actually. I kind of said, on a, I did reference you, of course, but I completely agree with you because this whole bounce back ability, 
and it is a very buzzy word, particularly in corporate businesses. It is just so unrealistic. But I love that kind of small seeds from, you know, you get squished yeah. and you can grow well, again. You can break in the end with that, you know, yeah. or even if we're not going to take it, you know, it's just an analogy, isn't it? But if you just keep bouncing back with that, like brush it off, everything's fine. Yeah. It it doesn't, it's not no. really sustainable. No. You know, whereas growth, like we've sort of said at the beginning, we're here to grow and to develop and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And in different ways at different times, not always at the same speed. Sometimes it's a complete rest. Again, like the seasons of winter, you know, sometimes it's, no, this is time to rest and to take stock and to pause. Mm -hmm. And then other times are times to literally spring and grow. Mm -hmm. We've got to have that balance for ourselves. Nobody can tell you that. Yeah, definitely. And going back to what you talked about with being your own boss, how do you stay motivated that kind of the bit around the can do of can do and confident is you know yes we can we can always strive to do more and be more and how do you keep going and and how do you stay motivated well that's one of my kind of favorite ways to answer that favorite story with this is i was asking that and i one of the things you mentioned i'm a strength psychology coach so for me that comes through self-awareness of knowing your energizers um and sometimes you know as people will say to you you, it is okay to sort of delegate what will never energize you and it is okay to if you can obviously if you're lucky enough to say yeah just will never float my boat so one of the ways to support myself the most is to literally pay to your strengths so with every client and in most of my talks and workshops I'm really kind of helping the audience or the individuals to discover them at their best because once you do that, you sort of realize you already have within you basically what, what you need. So when I discovered my seven are enthusiasm, resilience, uh, persuasion, empathy, compassion, creativity, and flexibility. And those seven in a particular order are shared by just one in four and a half million people. So on a kind of a low energy day, I would be thinking which of those strengths can help me most right now. And in terms of speeches, I might say, right, I'm going to bring my enthusiasm or with one to one. Now I'm drawing on my empathy and my compassion. And that means I can do that day in, day out because it's who I am. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would always encourage people to do, try and discover who they are. And then that just guides them through. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more, obviously, (laughs) in terms of what, what I do as well. But I think it's it's, it's so often overlooked, isn't it? People try and fix their weaknesses rather than really playing to their strengths. And yeah, yeah don't ever give me a spreadsheet because I'm like, oh, it <laughs> gives me the ick, you know, but get me something creative. And yeah, that's where I'm kind of, I will fly. And I think that's why we're probably so similar in that respect. Yes, exactly. understanding yeah. ourselves. I mean, other people doing the spreadsheets. <laughs> oh God, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Oh God, no, absolutely. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> so um, I'm thinking about, how you set personal goals you know goal setting is one of those things that is talked about so much and I just don't know I find it one of those things that I kind of do set myself goals but then I'm not one of these people who goes right these are the things I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna achieve I I don't know how, how do you go about setting your goals well something I've heard quite recently and obviously we think about I've thought about this a lot over the years um And I think actually our subconscious will talk us out of ever getting to the goals if we haven't really gone inside. And it's how we actually want to feel. It's what the goal is actually going to give us that matters. Mm. And so if we can't even feel what that would be, then the goal is kind of irrelevant. 
and then, and then the other thing is to think about with goals is unless you've got the the intention correct or the system behind it, you're you're going to sort of give up because the energy isn't there. So again, it's not about the goal. It's kind of like how you're going to feel as you look towards it. So it's important to get them right, I think, and make sure that mm. they're internal driving goals and not yes. external. Yeah. Because otherwise it's you get that shiny object. Thing that as we'll know and as a therapist a lot of people might come to me you know a lot older I work with all ages but it's always heartbreaking those that come maybe in their 50s and 60s and are saying all of these goals that I achieved that were all supposedly the right ones that I was supposed to want why do I still feel so empty and it's been meaningless and I don't have the thing and and then that's what I love in the therapy I do then they then self-heal really and go back to their younger selves and say if you could speak to that 20 year old what would you say and they're kind of well I'd say it doesn't matter you know don't leave don't do this professional something and obviously it's not about regret but it is about them then realizing now I'm finally taking control about what I actually want and now I'm going to let in, you know. So yeah. I love working with teenagers or people as young as possible so that they can connect with those yes. strengths again and that purpose early as possible and not have those regrets. You know? Yeah, no, I really like that. And I think I, I read there's a, um, oh, I can't remember her name now, it's a, a, a lady who did end-of-life palliative care and she was asking what, what people, what their regrets were and it was kind of doing things that, they wanted to do rather than what everybody else thought they should do. I think that was the sort of biggest regret that she'd seen over a number of years. Yeah, And I think that that is, it's, it's so, as you say, when you find your purpose and what really lights you up, everything else kind of follows from that, I think. And I think that's one of my favourite exercises for people to even think about is if you were going to write a letter today to a key moment in your past you know you in your past what what would you say and then the second letter to write is take yourself equally into the future at least 30 years into the future and write a letter back to you today and again you know if we're asking that question about goals what would our 30 year old you know like 30 years from now actually tell us today because that's the voice you want to listen to not the one that's kind of well this person would say this and that like doesn't matter about them yeah what will you be thankful for in 30 years that you yeah. decide to do today? That's yeah. the question you're asking. Because yeah. you're going to benefit from the decision you make now. Make sure it's the right one. Mm. Otherwise, your future self will be like, mm, no, you didn't listen to me. So true, though. Is I remember that a coach of mine did that exercise with me, kind of like, imagine you're an old lady on a park bench. And it was super powerful, really mm. was, because you you are then thinking, well, these are the things I'm proud of. These are the things that I want to have achieved. And sometimes those, they can really help you, can't they? When you are having those moments of what am I doing or some imposter syndrome feelings and actually just keep going. So, you know, you know, that the future you will thank you for this. And also to say, you know, we're all there thinking, oh no, we're getting older, but our future you would say, you'll never be this young ever again. You were so young. Think about how us 30 years and I would look back at us today and go, oh, so young, look. I wish I was (laughs) back there, you know, whereas, of course, you were like, like, oh, no, I wish I was 20. What's I don't? The best years are always yet to come as well. Always yet to come because they're all we have. So we have to make that decision that the best years are yet to come. Never live in the past. It's not not good. So what is in the future for you? What's your kind of future goal? 
at the moment. Well, I love that. And I'll just be really honest, just kind of, I don't know, however people will take this, but as I've done that exercise myself, I visualize myself like being retired. I sort of realized, gosh, is it going to be, how am I going to feel if I'm just, you know, having a cup of coffee out somewhere, traveling or something? And then I sort of dawned on me and I realized, well, I actually want to feel that kind of now, you know, I don't, I'm not thinking of retirement. I don't even want to ever retire because I love so much what I do that I need to almost bring that mindset of kind of peace and enjoyment of just being kind of content now. Mm-hmm. So the way I now phrase that is it's kind of like I've, I don't work. I just do what I love absolutely from my heart. And I will never stop for as long as I can working with individuals and speaking on stages to as large audiences, they will grow. I know, you know, they will. That is one of my goals, but but that will happen by doing what I do and doing it well and loving what I'm doing. That means the word spreads and the opportunities open up for me. I'm not, I don't need to look for them. The right ones will come. So I honestly sort of think I've kind of retired in that I don't work. I just do what I love. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. That's so great. And you can tell, you know, it just comes across in everything that you do. And you are passionate and you care so much. And you are kind of, I say, living your purpose, really. Yeah. Yeah. So if anybody's struggling at the moment with their confidence or motivation, what advice would you give them? I would... Try and say to them what I do with my clients, actually, the way I begin the session. So first of all, as I kind of said, acknowledge it. You know, I think it's great that they're even asking that, even noticing it for a start is to kind of go, this is an important thing to notice. And then I'd want them to realise that it's telling them something. This is happening for them, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Like, what am I going to do with this? And then the first thing I do with clients is is to recognise that isn't them. So if they're feeling like, anxious, frustrated. These are all like protector parts. These are protecting feelings that are trying to help and trying to sort of keep them safe. So what I would encourage them to try to do is to think really way, way back. They didn't arrive on the planet with any of these feelings of kind of guilt, shame, anxiety, frustration, lack of self-esteem, you know, any of that. So there is a real them underneath that they to think back to. I arrived on the planet, you know, as a beautiful natural soul, just like everybody else. So where has this stuff come from is what Mm -hmm. I'm trying to say. Well, what first put it there? And that's what I help people to do because it will be very out of date. These feelings they might be feeling today won't be the first time they've felt them. So Mm -hmm. how far back do they go? And how can you say, I'm not going to let that in anymore? Mm -hmm. In a nutshell, my therapy is like, what have you let in? And what do you want to like kind of let go of? And then what new stuff do you want to let in? And they can even start to do that. I ask my clients to write a whole list on one side of the paper, all of these negative, horrible gremlin thoughts. I can't do that. I'm not good enough. You know, I'll fail. And then the opposite, just write the opposite. Mm -hmm. That is equally true. Thoughts aren't real, but they become real. So write the opposite and then, yeah. Reframe. Yeah, I love it. No, it's really powerful though, isn't it? And I think it's sometimes just hearing that and, thinking about talking to someone like you can massively help. So how can people, where can people find you? How can people work with you? They can find me on my website. So cat-williams.com. It's probably the easiest way to find out all about me. I'm cat stay calm as well on Instagram. 
and Twitter, it's not Twitter anymore, is it X? <laughs> and yeah, LinkedIn, Cat Williams. So always happy to have no obligation call with anyone about whether that's a talk or whether that's a one-to-one. So always happy to have a chat with anyone who wants to find out more. Fantastic. And any final pearls of wisdom, anything that you haven't shared that you really want to before we close today? Yeah, I think one of my favourite things I came across is that someone said there's there's a metaphor for everything in nature, you know, so, and I think as we've all know, like getting outside in nature. So my final metaphor that I love for confidence is that if we look to nature, trees and plants, they're all beautiful in different ways. They're all literally different colours. They all grow and sort of majestic trees exactly where they're planted. So that's one message, grow where you're planted. But the second message is a, a tree doesn't feel less confident depending on who's walking past. So one of the things I help people with the most is like they can feel fine in their sort of, oh, I've controlled this and this is my comfort zone. But then one person might say something and it's like now all my confidence has gone. So I try and think of myself and anyone else as like, if you're a tree, the tree doesn't care who's standing near it. It's still strong and beautiful and it will just let that person walk away and bloom anyway. And also that lovely metaphor of confidence is confidence is not about thinking you're better than anyone else. It's actually just about growing in your own unique way, blooming and then scattering the seeds out to other people. That's how I like to think of it, because it's the more confident we can be, the more difference we can make to other people. And that's what it's really about. I love that. That's fantastic. Really lovely. And I love all the metaphors. I'm all for the metaphors. <laughs> metaphors. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Kat. It's always so a pleasure much. to talk to you. I feel like, again, we could talk for could hours. Talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we will have you on again. And and um, good luck with your TEDx. Can't wait to see that. Thank you. Yeah, so they I look too. at your mind as a stallion. Learn to I write know. about April 2024, people will see it. Fabulous. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. Thank you so much and I'll see you soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kate. Thanks for listening to Can Do and Confident. Please don't forget to subscribe and review this your little podcast delight. Making your day bright. It's your time and you're ready to shine. Thanks for listening to Can Do and Confident. Please don't forget to subscribe and review